digging it out here? I hit record. Yeah. I'm oh, we weren't recording here. just now? No, not yet. Man. No. I didn't want to throw them out and mix her in on the show. Well, might as well. I don't know. Are you now you have to. Right now nobody has any. We're having a mountain mixer right now, guys, because we're here right now live in Lakewood, Colorado at Neoteric Farms. Thanks for having us over, Ben McKinnon. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming out. Ben quite, was, quite the trek for you. Yeah, it was fun, man. I need to get away. <laughs> I need to get away. I don't know what he gets away from. I need to get away from, you know, the every day-to-day thing. Like, I needed, needed some chaos in my life. So I was like, let me go hang out with Michael Jordan. Need some time away from Rich, do you? <laughs> no, no, not time away from Rich. <laughs> you know, so let's let's just get this right out. So you're in Colorado, yeah. right? It's Donnell Freeman from Freeman Family Farms, Ben McKimmon of Neoteric Farms. Yeah, Drew Sample. And, and then we've got uh, Pop, Pop Jordan from Refusing AD to Friendly get on, Company. Refusing to be on a microphone. Uh, yeah. He's just going to sit back and laugh at all the stupid things that we say. He's going to sit back and laugh and say, God, this guy Michael Brown. He's already given us dirty looks. (laughs) He's already already embarrassed. He's already embarrassed to be here. He's already embarrassed to be associated with all of us, mainly me. (laughs) Well, when we first pulled up what we were doing today, right, he was like, this is a big construction. What is it? He says, you know, because when Dad first met Benton, right, that they were – he was working for the Park Service, growing yeah. plants and stuff for Lakewood, Colorado's Park Division. Right, so Paul's like, "This is a really excellent building. What does he do for the Park Division now?" And I kind of turned my head and I was like, "He doesn't. He doesn't anymore." <laughs> he said, quit. "Is that this greenhouse isn't to grow any plants for uh, the Park Service? This is to grow plants for the commodity need of, Col- of for Colorado the, for the consumers of Colorado." The consumers of Colorado. That's correct. This is one of the the greenhouse that we looked at today that these building four bays. Um five. Five bays. Yeah, it was huge. Forty forty thousand square feet. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's, after uh, after seeing yeah. something that big, I was like, you so know. So just okay, well, we gotta give some kind of reference because we're just jumping right in here, but basically Well let's shamelessly plug your company first. What's your company's name? Just say it. Mine? No. Ben's? Oh, mine? Yeah. No, what's, your, what's the company that you oh, just... Oh, the, the new company, not the farm. Plug them both. Yeah. Well, so both. Neoteric Farms is where kinda, we are. That's kind of how we know each other and all this because we, we've... We met fought, in the Regen Agriculture page. Yep. Fought a lot of the same different styles of farming and we both right. kind of run the same methods with microgreens and field crops and we, we follow all the same methods. So that's how we hooked up and how we all know each other. And then Michael, with he's about to... Are you going to do that on the microphone? He's going to crush a can. Uh, we yeah, might not hear it. Big. I think the can's too big. No, you brought talls. You guys are awesome. So, right? Who brings talls to a party but cool? So cats? that's how we all this got is how in it together. Happens at a mountain mixer. They yeah. bring talls. Mountain mixer. We eat tals. fresh microgreens yep. with some nice Costco Beyond Organic beef. Yeah. I mean, because we can say anything's Beyond Organic. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Find some other so buzzwords. How did, so you're talking about your greenhouses that you're well, building. Well, okay, yeah. So I did the park thing for a really long time, and I learned a lot about. Uh, I mean, your just, fridge says craft is fuck too. I just you, want to point that out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Man. I deal with the it's craft is fuck. We had some craft is fuck lunch today at the Mountain Mixer. Keep going. Sorry, there your you greenhouses. So yeah, did the park thing for a long time. Uh, got into organic farming, and we both got into the same style of, you know. Uh, quick turnaround crops. And we that both kind of bought thing. the same greenhouse. Mine magically survived. Your <laughs> mine didn't. Yeah, destroyed. mine. Yeah, Colorado. The best, the best though is like uh, 
Dustin Thompson helped me put together that greenhouse because I'm in the middle of the city. He goes, you know, we should do like a comparison of what your greenhouse is compared to the one like that we built at Joel's. I'm like, oh, if you want a comparison, just as Ben and Michael Jordan. <laughs> what did you there guys you think go. of that greenhouse? Yeah. That was gone within uh, the six weeks. Of I'm glad Amari drew up this conversation. Mine, mine lasted a season. And mine then, did, and then I was we like, had... I even told you when I came down, how does it make it like this? You go, I don't know. It works really good for me. Yeah, and then Mine's one one hit, one like crucial one windstorm later, like one hot ca- ca- horrible a season of tomatoes out of it though, right? I did. Oh, I dude, did. you I'm had sure. some great stuff out of that. Yeah. that. Did it pay for itself? No, 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 okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's definitely maybe didn't. halfway. I barely knew Michael. We just become Facebook friends. He's like, oh, I bought that greenhouse. It lasted four days. <laughs> that greenhouse gone. sucks. And I was like, well, I'm in a city. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, that was it's aluminum frame kit build. You can order it on Amazon, which tells you a lot right there. It's, it's a pile of shit. <laughs> Ouch, man! There's always but you've made it work. It's still working for you. So it's, it's still not a, working for it's me. A, it's not a pile of shit in the right circumstances. It's a, context. It's, a good, like, it's all about context. Urban farmer, not high winds or lots of building stuff. But you know what's weird is Benton has a ton of trees back there too. I'm getting rid of it's, some of those very it's soon. It's too windy. I'm getting rid of the trees. Yeah, they 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 drink water. Well, you saw the willow. You saw the willow on the side of the yard. I could tack down over there. That was a big job. Yeah, that well, they probably blocked issue. a lot of sun too, don't they? Yeah, are you, take, are you gonna take all those stumps and make a hugel culture bed with them? I am going to do hugel herb spirals. Are you? Ooh, <laughs> not really. Not really. What kind really. of bullshit? You pull over here. I mean, you quit all that shit. You just. We just came back from the facility building. <laughs> yeah. It's all water. It's, it's all aquaponics, man. Yeah. It's growing freaking 70,000 pounds of marijuana. Mm, about the, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, so yeah, so I transferred yeah. over. We need to get back on track here. We're going way off track. There's, there's greenhouse manager. There's been, like there's been no intro to the show, so nobody has any context. That's fine. No, it's fine. This is like yeah, 20 minutes. Of, hey, we're not on 20 minutes yet. We're on six. Six. Yeah, do you want to talk in your mind? I feel like I've been here forever. Two ten eleven. Do you need a beer? No. Okay. So yeah, I did the parks thing for a long time and now I was going to just like step out on a ledge and do farming full time, which probably would not have been the wisest decision. That was a sexy idea though. It's a great idea. It's sexy, but it doesn't, you know. And dude, I've seen your farm over the last three years change and do and you grow food. Yeah, I mean, you I grow food, dude. I've seen yeah, no, all it's, kinds of It's worked of out food. to a certain point, but there's always been this weird kind of gap of like, you know, either way too much food and not enough customers or way too many customers, not enough food. And I've had to mess around with, you know, I've just learned a lot and built a lot of infrastructure. You, uh, we had a, you had a hailstorm? Chaotic hailstorm that destroyed the entire city of Lakewood last year. It's the biggest hailstorm that I've ever seen in my entire life and I've lived here my entire mm-hmm. life. And so that kind of messed everything up. And so since then, I haven't really tried to get a lot of new customers just because I've been building on infrastructure. I got my walk-in fridge going or I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to set that up. I got two greenhouses now, one that's heated and then one passive got the processing area going. So I'm getting all my infrastructure in place to where if something like that happens again, I can recover a lot more quickly versus working on those projects to try and come back around. So that's kind of what this last year has been about. We're going to try and kind of break back into it this year. And, uh, yeah, so, that's kind of where the farms have been going. But it, so I was going to pursue all that full time. In the meantime, 
another job opportunity popped up. That's well, a business opportunity. Yeah, big up, big business. Yeah. Opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's not a job it was a big business no. opportunity. I mean, you set you, you you don't you don't set an alarm clock anymore. Like that's a big deal, man. It's that's been great. Big business. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you went from working from the man, growing some vegetables and selling them from produce and farmers markets. Yeah. Well, that wasn't for the man. That was for the farm. But for the, yeah, but for, the mean, for the man, I was growing a lot of annual flowers. So and, you've taken and, all this experience, right? Yep. Here's here's your whole deal: is you've learned how to grow on, let's say, how the man wants you to grow it. Because you were growing stuff for park services; they could replant them out in all their parks. Yep. And, annual grasses and flowers and poinsettias and holiday crops. And, then you and before around, that, I was doing turf maintenance and irrigation. Yeah, but maintenance did you say and, that was making you throw up in a bucket every morning? Is that what you called me? Uh, told would, me one time. How do I quite, spray all no, these crops would, with stuff? It makes me so that. sick. I wouldn't go quite to that level. I mean, he's, I, I you he's know. having an existential crisis. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't just quite told that bad. Me the one I time, am. I cannot. I cannot tell myself every day to go to work and plant this stuff when they're using like chemicals and fertilizers, and then I go home. And I grow such a more superior product at home, and I'm not doing that. Was, that that so. was definitely hard. And then also being a beekeeper, you know, like I, I definitely had to do a lot of chemical controls, and I am a certified chemical applicator still, which honestly I think has really helped me with my approach to urban farming and organic farming and, like, understanding the chemical process and the plant physiology and biology a lot better than just, you know, I was saying I don't like chemicals because I don't like chemicals. I'm a certified chemical applicator, so I can tell you exactly why I don't like chemicals and how they can affect, you know, the ecosystem and things around us. So, so I think, you have a well-rounded thing. You've yeah, got, I think, you've I think got the, the government really, control it's, it's with really the organic nature me. that yeah. you wanted, right? Yeah, no, all that knowledge has really benefited me and my experience and deciding to farm the way that I'm going to. And so, yeah, it's been really good to, you know, have that backup behind me. And then it's also uh, helped me kind of stumble into this new job that I've wandered into. <laughs> it's not a job, God damn it. You fucking earn a contract when you own the business. Well, <laughs> it's ain't a job, motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's, 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 Jesus Christ! You don't punch a clock for anyone but you, goddamn. That's that's true. Like, that's that's true. my job for me. You don't no, want to own a job. It's, it's what I do business. for a living. Now. There you go. It's what I do for a living. So what we've done, uh, my new company that I developed with my a good friend of mine, started this company, Propagative Extensions, and uh, we are basically uh, filling a lot of gaps within the cannabis industry that have come about as a result of the expansion and growth of the cannabis industry. So there's a lot of growers out there. There's a lot of facilities a lot of things going on and you can get things going but what there isn't a lot of is maintenance and uh, retrofitting and you know you'll have a lot of designers that come in and design these facilities but there's not a lot of contractors that can really go and understand the full build of going from point A to point B and so what Propagative Extensions does is we work with some A-list contractors that we know understand the systems and how they how they work in these settings and uh, so, yeah, we're helping people with, you know, built-to-suit operations from the ground up. We're helping people do refabs on operations and just looking at other options, that kind of thing. So that's that's what I'm doing it's now. It's pretty fucking awesome, man, because yeah. all I know is our experience today was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I went to, like, I, the uh, guy says, oh, yeah, the operation we're moving from here is going to be three times the size. Yeah. We're going to cut all the clones on Tuesday. And we're going to start trying to see how we're going to start moving them to other locations. Yep. And I, I, I looked around, and I looked at my dad, and I looked at him, and I was like, other operations. He doesn't grow enough here, so he has to have more operations. And he's already telling me he doesn't have enough operations to grow in, but he has more than this one. And I just looked at him, so how much do you grow here? And he goes, I don't know, 10,000 pounds a year. <laughs> I was like, 
I, 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 I was choking. I stuttered. I was like, you grow 10,000 pounds of marijuana at this facility. A year. And you do, and not, have, and you do not have enough marijuana just from here to supply what you've got. He goes, no, we've got many of these. Didn't you see what they're building over the... And yeah, so you're building this up, and that's three times the amount. So that's almost like, man, 40,000 pounds. He goes, well, no, it should be more about 70. We're hoping to do a big turnaround. And this is what you're building, Benton, is this facility. A lot of what we're working on is, you know, the maximization and the automation and efficiency of these. And so with a lot of the the facilities in Denver over the last decade, you know, they've taken a lot of old buildings that weren't being used anymore and refabbed them to work. Uh, The facility we're working on is an actual greenhouse, and so they're utilizing natural sunlight. And so if it's peaking at a certain time of the year and they have enough sunlight, they can power their lights down a little bit and save some power. Uh, there's a shade system, and so if it gets too hot, they can shade it out. Since, you know, with cannabis, you have to be, be able to manipulate some of your hours. Sometimes they have a, a light deprivation system being installed, and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's basically... It's normal it's, stuff. It, yeah, it's a, it's a closed-loop what system. What are you guys doing about your water bill? Well, uh, it's a closed-loop system, and so everything comes... Everything that flows out to the right. system gets recycled back into the system and it all gets ph so, so ph it's treated all reused it's all regenerative yeah i mean you know i, I don't it's know for certain scale except for its hydroponics i mean it's not like yeah. using dirt moving and stuff but yeah but yeah it all, uh, it all recycles through the system it all goes back through a treatment system that does the ph treatment and uh you know the ec treatment and the nutrient treatment <laughs> and then it gets all recycled back through the system and so it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of the next wave says he doesn't have Enough places to grow because the demand is too much. <laughs> Ten, the one building grows ten thousand pounds. And this is forty. Your company is feet. now building forty thousand square that grows feet. Seven thousand. Now, not all, not all that forty. Forty thousand square feet. My house is seven hundred square feet. <laughs> <laughs> so now with this, you know, not all of that space is in production. There's like bathrooms and offices. And, Most you of know, that space pro. is production, man. I but mean, a good a good amount of it. Man, I mean, it was the most incredible thing we saw, Ben. Donnell, I know you came later on, right? Because we came here and we were gonna we, we tried some meads and stuff and tr- but Ben and Ev actually took us to a facility and we got to see where they cut the clones. Mm-hmm. We got some really cool photos right there. I don't know if we'll ever be able to really release because some of the stuff was uh, through the uh, marijuana. Was it the law thing? Right. We had to go get the badges and all this stuff. Yep. And, we had to get checked in. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, we to go to some of the stuff was like five. It, the, you had to have lots of security to go through. Yep. It's a well-regulated thing. Yep. And then you stand by. Uh, five thousand plants that are six foot tall. I mean, it's a pretty interesting experience. The fans blowing, and the guy telling you about genetics and how they're trying to refine things. And some plants don't have high THC. Some have high CBD. Yep. These are all medical. These are all actually made for edibles. We grow things by pound allotment. We don't do it because of what they grow. THC wise and stuff. We also all- grow it based on how quick it will yeah, flower. Yeah, on how yep. fast flowering yeah. happens. So yeah, there's different facilities working. Some of them are working towards more of a ben- medical benefit. Some of them are working towards more, you know, as much weight 
as quickly as possible as I can. There's some people that are doing really boutique-y kind of weird things that, you know, don't yield as much, but the taste or the flavor or the high or whatever the medical benefit is, you know, so unique to that strain that that's kind of what they'll stick to. So there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different styles and different things. And it's, it's, it's become a pretty, uh, it's, it's a huge part of the Colorado economy. I can tell you that, you know, it's become a huge part of the way things oh, operate. Yeah, I was just reading the, the guy he says he's, he's working with cannabis clubs. He grows roses. He says the petals off his roses when they start to turn or, you know, go bad, he's already pulling them all off and he sends them to this cannabis place because they want to roll their cannabis in his rose petals. Make hmm. right? because rose the, petal joints? And make rose petal joints because wow. it's more exotic and he sends it for more money. Dude, right? I would want to smoke like, a rose I'm petal like, joint. I'm like, you know. <laughs> I'm a fancy hipster motherfucker. <laughs> I want a rose oh petal joint. <laughs> I know this granola crunchy guy over here. If he partaked in that, he'd totally be down for that. Well, Don Neal doesn't partake anything like that. He's a he's a pretty cool cat, right? And, you know, Bent made this arrangement for us to go see this because this was so something cool, that man. you don't get to go see. No. And I mean, it was really something yeah, yesterday just something. because of the passes he had and stuff, and how you could go through the whole operation and how they uh, we well, try to, to see get- a scaled commercial grow is pretty intense. And then to see yeah, like it's a not like watching Ed grow from High Times magazine yeah, video. But, and then also too to see what what is the evolution of that, which is that goofy shit they're building. It's not goofy at all. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the ventilation, uh, time time shade. Uh, Benton showed us brain operation for water and Jeez, drip and. Yeah. How there's one central system that runs everything. It runs your HVAC, it runs your cooling, it runs your water nutritional programs, it runs your shading, your light deprivation system, it runs the entire facility. And it's all programmed into one thing. And so it's, you know. Do you have backup power and stuff like that? They do. They have a generator, and it's, uh, I believe it's a diesel, wow. diesel power generator, which can go for six hours, which. If it were me in this situation, I'd want like a day's worth of something. Yeah. But well, I'd want at least you know, it's vital. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, man, it was it was I was blown away by it. I mean, it was well, it's it's pretty it, much the next phase of cannabis cultivation in Colorado. It's, yeah, that's what we're working on. You know, I, I just it, it felt so surreal being in there, looking at all that shit. Like, <laughs> wow, this is what a scaled operation looks like. Like, this is the future of big cannabis ag. Yeah. Yeah, it's these type greenhouses, man. Yeah, and it's cool for me. You know, I mean, I've worked with cut flowers and herbs and urban farming and turf maintenance and sprinklers and irrigation, and you know, I've worked in a bunch of different areas of horticulture and agriculture in the last you know decade and a half of my life, and it's been really cool to be able to take all those different experiences, working with subcontractors and doing my own thing, and all the experience I have, and be able to take that and apply it to this kind of evolving you know, evolving economy and evolving just thing that it is, you know, it's all moving forward and it's all changing and yeah, it's kind of taking the next step. So it's cool to be on that realm of things. You know, I've thought about getting it's into big the, money for Colorado, man. It's it is legalized yeah. marijuana. It's uh Wait yeah, for Ohio, man. I, I can't believe the security that's involved. Ooh, yeah. Everybody talks about how bad it is and, and all kinds of stuff. And, um, I think it's really hard for people. It's just like gun control. Everybody's worried about taking the guns from people and stuff because guns kill, right? Everybody's like, well, marijuana in children's hands. Well, it's because you have the underground economy that happens everywhere, right? 
criminals aren't going to the gun store and registering to buy guns on a regular basis. <coughs> yes, there's a few that slip through. Just like the kid that has the fake ID that slips through. Yeah. yeah. Or the kid that goes through that is legal that does it and he buys it for his friends. I mean, it, it happens all the way from alcohol to drugs to whatever it is. Regulation is well, uh, really hard. But I, I, I saw so much security. I mean, we went in. You had to sign your names. You had to get badges. You're on camera immediately. The whole time you're on camera. Everything is recorded. Uh, well, no, and so all of that is regulated through the MED, which is the Marijuana Enforcement Division of Colorado. And they have certain standards and protocols that they follow with your security and five-point locking doors. And it's all, you know. How much jobs does that create for inspectors? And thousands. Like that? You know what I mean? Thousands of jobs. I bet you it's a lot. Like the jobs at the grow operation. I mean, these are the government jobs. Yeah, like got guys coming in at night. If, right? if not so thousands, these, easily hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You know? Yeah, it's a, it was a full-time operation. I didn't see anything close about it, right? From what my understanding is, he says at night after sales, he says, you know, you got to close at a certain time of night for sales. Yep. But he says at night, they says that's when we bring the crews in and they clone. He says we got another crew. They come into the drying rooms and they're doing the clippings. He says it's a whole, it's a full-time operation that employs hundreds of people all the time. And believe it or not, the people that are doing this use cannabis on a regular basis, but are getting full background screening checks and becoming clear, yeah. right? That not any clear if you get in a background check for a gun or anything else, that these people have clear background checks. They're not criminals. They're not doing, and I mean, the security system was pretty, pretty intense when we got it. As we walked in, my dad stood there and he was like, got to get my name down too, right? He says, I don't have nothing to do with this because my dad is, Totally law abiding. He says the federal government is not legalized. It's against the law. He says, but he says he doesn't understand why they don't legalize it. Says they're so, a bunch of idiots. Yeah. He says, I don't understand why you wouldn't legalize something that the people want and make money. He says, it's what the people want. He says, more states are doing it. He says, there are medical benefits for it. They're showing it all. He says, I don't understand anybody. He says, until then, I've never used it. I'm not going to use it and I don't intend to using it. Right. Well, there's a guy with ethics and morals and stuff, and you got to support him on that, and that's really cool. But as he walks through, plant six foot tall, and he's looking at him, he's like, this is a really great operation. This yeah. is making a lot of money. And the first thing out of his mouth goes, I wonder what the electrical bill is for this place. <laughs> Holy shit, man. I, thought, I looked over at Pops. I said, how much wattage are those lights? They're like, 315. I go, Huh, you got at least uh, 14 <laughs> in two rows here. That has three rows. There's five in that row. So that's 15. That's a lot of wattage. I it, it, it adds up. It adds up, yeah. Right, so when we talk about green energy then, how do you supply that type of wattage to those types of operations if you're cutting down coal industry, if you're cutting down other you know, industries well, in that area? You know, the demand, I don't see how you could. Is, the coal comes back. The only reason why the coal industry is going down is because there's not a lot of demand. But one one interesting part of all that is there has been, as most of you know, being all urban farmers and gardeners and all that, there's been significant increases in LED technology, and so we're not quite there yet to where they can you know go and do the same type of cannabis cultivation that they can with like an HPS thousand water halogen or metal halide or something like that. But LEDs have come.
coming really far away, and there are some operations that are only sticking to LEDs for vegetative and flowering growth. Which is are they running on solar then? Uh, I don't think. I don't, so not, the, not any that I know of. There could be. There could be. That'd be more regenerative. Yeah. But the LED systems are getting better all the time, and so you know, like there's, I think there's definitely a lot of people that are working in that direction and in that mind, and then you know, like with the setting we're working in, they're recycling a lot of the water and bringing it right through back in, and you know, that kind of thing. So I think people are starting to think a lot more heavily on the sustainability side of it and trying to work as best they can. But at the same time, there is also a market out there and people are willing to pay a certain amount and you have to stick with the market and supply that demand. You know, that's, that's part of farming or, you know, whether you're farming lettuce or you're farming cannabis or whatever you're doing. Ben, thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) I mean, uh, the guy that walked through and stuff, he goes and asks the guy strictly, the grower straight to his face. He says, are you sure this is okay if I bring these people through? Right. He says, you know, they're not Colorado inspectors or anything. He says, they're coming through as a good gentleman makes meat. He's looking to put cans. The guy does podcast. We really want to look at your operation. The guy goes, you know, We'll give it a run. This is right. This is, so I mean, that know, was this, like really super cool. Yeah, this is this is not a typical type of thing. No, this, this was is, like you know, way yeah. underground, no, way no, stuff. Yeah. That's why I said we, it's, we're it's, not it's mentioning not underground. where we were at, there's, there's the nothing, facilities you know. or anything that we're at. Because I tell you what, that was like that was like some of the coolest thing I've ever seen, Benton. Because like I said, the security was legitimate. The people there were legitimate. Yeah. The whole thing was yeah. a business operation, it's and very, nobody thought yeah. of it as. Man, we're growing weed and it's cool. No, everybody was there super professional. People were in there working, and I felt bad. (laughs) We were interrupting their work. Well, they had gas masks (laughs) on. They had, I mean, they they had all their stuff. The guys were safes. They were wearing stuff. You could see it. The cameras were everywhere. It was a totally legitimate, full blown operation. I think it was more secure than when you go buy guns at Walmart. I'm just saying, right? And you're worried about it. I think it was pretty hardcore, Ben. That was pretty hardcore, man. Thanks for the opportunity, man. Bring Donald yeah. Trump to come look at it. Hey, Pops, you got to talk. You got to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. I like the fingerprint part. Pops doesn't like knowing anybody where he's. So, yeah, just glad you guys were able to experience that. And I could kind of show you that and show, yeah, you, so, show you the future of where, you know, kind of facilities are going in Colorado. And, no, I mean, this is, this is, this is the. I, I am going to do my shameless plug right now and say that, you know, if there is anybody in Colorado or even some of the other surrounding states and people that are updating their laws and regulations and that sort of thing, we are definitely um, looking to get on to some more things and help people out with getting, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, you can put a lot of money into a design and talk to different, you know, cannabis design com- companies that can help you come up with a design. There is a lack of contractors and educated people that can help you get from point A to point B. And so that's one of the big things that we can do for you and we can help you do, whether it's Colorado or anywhere in the United States. Um, we're talking to people in several different states right now that are looking to get some newer, updated, you know, built-to-suit facilities going for exactly what they need. Some people want to do as much weight as quickly as they possibly can. Some people want to do some of the best medical type, you know, products that they can. And I like flavor. Or, you know, yeah, whatever, you know, boutique fun, weird stuff. People are, people are going all directions and we can help out with a lot of those different things. And so, and you've got the skilled workers for it too. That's, that's correct. That's the thing is with this kind of industry, the skill level has to be way up there and know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. 
And, you know, our services, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be totally honest, they're not going to be for everybody. We do kind of charge a premium for some of our services, but that's because we are working with contractors that understand what we're doing, where if you're going to go and, you know, try and find a plumber or an electrician to do something that might work or might halfway understand it, you know, how much money are you going to pay in the end to redo the work or have to go back and deal with delays or, you know, inspe- failed inspections, that kind of thing, if you're working with municipalities. Well, it was totally cool. Yeah. You are telling the, you looked at the guy and you go, well... As a guy that does and grows plants, tomato plants grow so tall. This door's cut to grow the plants. He says, your harvesting area, how come the door's only four foot tall? The plants are going to be six foot tall. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, I don't know. That's how it's designed. He goes, yeah, but as a grower, how do you, how do you get a six foot plant yeah. through a four foot door? Hey, you got, so, you know, you got doors cool. that need to be put here. We have two different. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> I mean, as a guy that grows plants, you're just looking at it yeah. logically because I, I, I've been growing plants for government I've, I've done that and then I've done construction and I've done irrigation yeah, and I've done con- concrete stuff. and I've done painting and I've done all kinds of stuff. And so I have a very broad base of different types of knowledge that go into the construction of any type of site. And then on top of that, you know, I've, I have grown cannabis and, you know, I've, I've grown lots of other type cut flowers and ornamentals and, you know, veggies and that kind of thing. And so I think that's really helped me kind of get an, a, a better overall perspective. You know, there's some guys in this industry that can grow cannabis like to the best that you could possibly grow it, but they couldn't grow a tomato to save their lives, you know? And so I think having a, you know, a, a broader knowledge of that kind of just thinking with things has definitely helped me and helped us. The guy that grew cannabis. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so on the other end, right, just about Colorado, right? So Drew flew in here to Colorado yeah. the day before and I picked him up at the airport He's kind enough to give me a nice sucker. I gave him one of those suckers from the <laughs> from the thing. I said, "Here, this is." I know. This, sleep, I said, by "This the is way. the thing that everybody talks about on the television." I, I said, get, gummy I, bears and suckers. So, have I've had a gummy sucker, bears, man. I've had gummy bears and I've had a sucker before, but you know what? Come to Colorado, you want to get the full experience. <laughs> yeah, you got to be so, careful. You got to be careful. The mix. Mix. edibles can be sneaky. Here's, here's the thing: those edibles can be. I'm well, I'm more ver- I'm well versed in edibles, allegedly. You know, allegedly say. That in Ohio, like if like like if you were from Colorado, you might fictitiously. If I I was a man that understood the cannabis plant and the byproducts of that plant, when men take it and make things with it, I would totally be well versed in that subject. But we're gonna pretend like allegedly. Not pretend. We're just gonna. Oh, it's just funny. He goes, "Thanks, man. I'd like a sucker." And I said, "Right on. We're gonna drive down to this local meadery, right?" And I said, "We're gonna learn about some meads and stuff." I said, they're actually pretty famous here in Colorado, and yeah. we'll check them out. And I said, they make actually a carbonated meat. And I said, they're pretty cool. And I said, well, that tastes a lot like this hard kombucha that was rebranded <laughs> as tea beer. Oh, my God. So <laughs> we get down there, and he goes, you know, the sucker's kicking in. He goes, I'm breathing really good here. I figured my high. This is really good. And then he goes, all right, so we're going to start pouring meads. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he gets five meads. He goes, well, how many is she going to pour? And I said, I don't know, man. And I said, but she's going to keep pouring meads. I'm, <laughs> we'll just keep drinking them. Next what? thing you know, he's gotten into deep meads. He goes, you know, Colorado's pretty cool. <laughs> I got off. I got a sucker. I said, you don't know how color- cool Colorado is. I said, I came all the way from Wyoming down here to, to get you and stuff. This guy gets off the airplane. He looks delusional. He's looking around. I reach out and I hug him. I go, not me. What? It was a different guy. Oh, Welcome to, to Colorado. And I give him a hug. And he goes, hugs me back. Goes, well, thanks. And this guy's got this bulldog, right? He's got this big bulldog sitting here. 
and it doesn't have one of them safety vests on it because he's so fat you can't put one of those like uh, vests on that say service dog. So this guy's got this service bulldog, and he goes, "Can I pet your dog?" He goes, "Oh, he loves that." Welcome to Colorado, and he goes, "Man." I got a hug and a bulldog. I love Colorado. And he goes walking <laughs> off, right? And here comes Drew Sample. He goes, hey, what's going on? I go, hey, have a sucker. Colorado's bitching. This is just like the greatest thing. They're hugging people. Yeah. Puppy. This is like the greatest place is Colorado. Everybody's happy here. <laughs> you get to drive into Denver and see Blucifer on your way in. Yeah, the big blue horse. Yeah, man. We got going Bruce, down Blucifer. the road. We get to the meadery. Drew's drinking mead. He goes, this lady just keeps pouring more and more mead. And go, you got to talk into your mic, Michael. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny. It's just funny, right? As you're, as you're looking at, at, at the whole day as you get here, I was just saying, I feel so more relaxed. I feel more relaxed. I said, well, it's because Colorado's, all these guys are high or they're drinking mead. I don't think they really care about anything else. But there's a lot of money floating around here. Everywhere we went, people were. Yeah, the, the things aren't cheap here. No, no in Colorado, I want to let no people way. know that that was the first thing Drew said. He goes, "I think they tax you for food here." And yeah, I noticed mean? that today at Taco John's. I was like, "Yeah, let me get that." It said one ninety nine, and he was like, "It's gonna be two something." I was like, "That's food, motherfucker! What do you mean it's gonna be <laughs> tax me on food?" Yeah, Jesus. so I mean, it's a little more expensive here. But his first thing was here. He goes, "Man, everybody's friendly, but it's kind of expensive to live here in Colorado." Is it expensive Houses. where you live down where you are oh, in, in yeah. southern it's, Colorado? It's gone up. I mean, a lot of people are actually building and getting houses down Colorado Springs, and then they're working up here. They're making the drive. But Colorado is just booming. I mean, even out where I'm at, out in the sticks, I can't believe what houses are going for. Well, so before I left my previous job about two years ago, I was on this committee, and they were talking about the expansion in Colorado. And they were saying that by 2020, I don't know if this is still accurate, but I would guess that it halfway is. But they said by 2020, you could expect a 40% population increase from where we're at now. And that was two years ago. Yeah, so how many city. people are in Colorado? Way What's the population? Too many. Way too many. Are you guys in? Are you guys I mean, in the four million know? range? I have no idea. Colorado is a smaller four state million. Than Ohio. Are they in f- pops? Are they four million? We have eight million people. Eight. Oh, higher. You think there's six million people in Colorado? No. So yeah, there's but, about six million people that live in the state of Colorado. Dude, Colorado feels a lot like a lot of Ohio, and the let's just turn the sound on that dog. Yeah, that's Siri. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Do you want to just turn it up and have her say it under the microphone? No, not at I all. I just looked it up, though. <laughs> I just looked it up, and the estimated population of Colorado was 5,540,000 on July 1st of 2016. Well, that's still smaller than Atlanta. That's so that's two uh, years ago. Yeah. So in so two years ago, so Pops is right. About six to eight million people live here in Colorado. That sounds about right. Five million less than Wyoming. <laughs> Five million more. I was going to say, Wyoming's got, what, like a half a million people. I think Cheyenne has 50,000 people in the in the whole city of Cheyenne. And I think your little town of Aurora, Colorado, has like twice. That <laughs> sounds about right. In our, our whole state, we I would do really good in marketing and stuff. So you ran a CSA. Yeah. What's a What's it take... Margin Did you run a, for a people meat to run CSA? What you ran a meat CSA? No, not meat. We just you did well, vegetables. Okay, we we had chickens, but it was mostly vegetables. 
I didn't know you had a vegetable CIA. CIA. I almost said you had a vegetable CIA, yeah. Central Intelligence <laughs> Agency. When did you yeah. see? When did you do that? Last year? Oh no. We well, I mean, originally started with it back in two thousand five. Oh wow. God, you're so fucking hip. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, right. CSA in two thousand five. It was it was productive, right? Yeah. You're talking with an original member. <laughs> OG, an OG. original gardener. <laughs> Holy cow. How many times have you been told 2005, that? Two thousand five. So yeah. fucking hip. Dude, Jesus, yeah, dude. You didn't even have once. YouTube to teach you that. You didn't have YouTube to even teach you that. Nope. You just had to figure that out by reading a book. Pretty much. OG, solid OG farmer right there, there, man. Not not like us. He put, down, he put down Slaughterhouse Five. He said, "I'm going to become a, a gardener." I'm just kidding, because all the hipsters like that book. No, we had uh, <laughs> That's my a buddy's joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that. They, they love that author. What's his name? He wrote Slaughterhouse Five. I don't know. Do I look like I a hipster? It up. I, no. Yeah, we're not. You're the one wearing the flannel, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know what's tight. <laughs> well, we're not as hip as you. As Don, Don, Don Neal says we ain't as hip as Drew's you. Drew's the only yeah. one. Don pretending like he never read Drew, that book. Drew has a beard and a flannel <laughs> right now. Oh, he does, man. <laughs> only, thing, only thing you're missing are the tight pants or tight around the ankles. And <sighs> My legs are too big for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear tight pants. <laughs> no, wait. You are wearing the half boots, though. So These oh. are comfortable fucking boots, man. <laughs> they don't have laces. Oh. They don't have laces. I'm lazy. We already established well, that. You, know our, you think I want to tie you know my our... shoes? You tied your shoes. You think I like doing that? No, no My way. mom ties my shoes, man. That's why they're untied, because she's in Just Virginia. Think about how many minutes he shaved. How many minutes a year does he shave by not tying laces? He, he might have something there. I went full um, full blown on these boots. Before that, I was wearing uh, skater shoes. Because I'm a... Yep. yep. So that's what urban farmers, they wear skater shoes and yep. boots when they work out in the field. I got my DCs on I right now. I wear flannels. You hear that, DC? I got, I got my DCs on right now. I was, wearing, I was wearing Nike SB Dunks, which none of the audience cares about. But what they don't know is that Daniel has a <laughs> podcast where he shits on hipsters, but it's totally a hipster <laughs> podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> had to throw that in there. You're hipster passion hipsters, man. You but can't the, do that. The thing with hipsters is they'll never admit that they're a hipster. Like, I'll admit it. So I, that makes me not a hipster. <laughs> I, I admit I'm not a hipster. No, I, I admit that I am a hipster. Oh, but that makes me magically not a hipster because hipsters don't admit that they're hipsters. It's it's something. It's, typically, it's complicated. Typically, huh? your response would be, nah, brah. Well, I don't know about like that. You're accusing somebody of being a hipster, and they're not going to admit to it? Nah, brah. So anyways, nah, let's, let's get back to Daniel having a CSA, which I totally drewed up. And well, he, he's a he's a popular popular CSA yeah. guy. You know, he's used to. He hates. There's some there's some popular farmers that hate him because he's made CSAs happen and stuff, and he knows when people are cheating. He could tell you when they're shipping in produce, right? He knows. Yeah, yeah they yeah. tell you. Well, there's no way you can grow that much food on that amount of property. Oh, why? I would just tell you not. Besides that, the boxes in the back of your car say New Mexico. <laughs> Do they have boxes in the back seat? Of yeah, New Mexico? yeah. I've caught a few of them doing that. Yeah, that's crazy. Go to a farmer's well, market. We're farmers all local. Mar- you know, people do that at farmer's markets all the time. They go to the Amish auctions, and they buy their produce from the Amish for dirt cheap, and then they take it to farmer's markets, and they act like they actually farmed it. Yeah, they actually, in the springs, actually started, some of the uh, farmer's markets started coming up with rules and whatnot, and 
you know, you can't go to King Supers and buy a truckload of pumpkins and come here and sell it. And they'd have to verify. They it. actually, not have, all. They, there's, they actually have to tell that people that. Yeah, there's yeah, some market managers that are just <laughs> desperate for people to sell certain products and they don't do their due diligence. I just want to say one of my farmer's markets, <laughs> the guy, so the farmer's market's actually run by the youth program in the city, which is kind of interesting. Don't know how that comes together. So he was taking like, like because they have summer youth programs, and it's, it's like Parks and Rec runs the summer youth programs, and they also run the farmer's markets. So for the city. So he went to this auction and he sees one of his farmers there buying shit produce. The guy claimed he was growing. He's like, oh, hey, no. man. Uh, yeah, so is this how you've always been running your farm? <laughs> is this how you always Busted. Been your yeah, he's like, yeah, never come back to the farmer's market ever again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like being at this farmer's market. It's pretty legit. <laughs> no, we, we got turned on to it. I should say I did umpteen years ago. Ran across Joe Saltine and uh, thought, "Wow, Joel Saltine." Yep, <laughs> Joe Saltine, Saltine Craig. Saltine. Yeah, we start got started with it and started doing our backyard. And then my buddy's dad was always really into growing organic and stuff like that, and he came up to us one day and he says, "Hey, so I bought eighty acres. Why don't you guys go do something with it?" And so it's a little bit further south from where I'm at now. Yeah. And it was nothing but a sandbox. So we put in all these raised beds and stuff. Well, the wind in that particular area blows 50 miles an hour all the time. So, no, it's not. (laughs) It's related to Wyoming. Michael said, is it by Wyoming? (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, started Figuring stuff out, and there there wasn't at the time. There was just hardly anybody doing anything. Yeah, there that and there was, was nobody out east. Absolutely not. So you really but were a hipster. No, that's where hipsters hipster. start. You're a trendsetter. You're the you're you're a grandfather of hipsters because you're a trendsetter. Wow, no, that's, um, you started a trend. Hips, so hipsters usually tend to stay in the city. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, claim to be urban farmers. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh wow. I don't me too, yeah. I don't claim to be one, but I live in the inner city and I tried some stuff. I mean, I'm <laughs> saying I'm not really, I'm not really good at anything, <laughs> right? When we came, I love going to your place because I thought the refurbishment of the horse tra- tanks and stuff to the wicking beds, and then looking really into them, and my dad was like, "Well, wicking beds are like the greatest things you use up here because of evaporation." Yeah. And yeah. use a wicking right. beds up here. You're wicking. I mean, just, you got a whole bunch water. of them, man. You yeah. got a whole bunch of wicking beds, well, man, and well, they're big. But Twenty-seven also, like, of them. Last uh, count. Ben and I were talking about different. Like, we were talking about different irrigation systems, and it's so climate. Like, it is so humid where I live. Like, you guys were there. I mean, it was yeah. humid in the fall. So in the summertime, it gets super humid. So, I mean, it not here. We're not going to lose stuff to evaporation. Yeah, it gets really, really, really dry. It's, uh, Your nose bleeds in the, in the summertime. It does. No, no, it's so too dry. dry. We've had that, it only happens us in the wintertime. Bleed, man, man, this this winter we had like three, maybe four snowstorms. We had our first rain of this year, which is kind of cool because that means spring's kind of here. Was that yesterday? Yesterday we yeah, had our first, we but before that we had oh, like three or four snowstorms. Yeah, we'll get some weird dumpers and whatnot, but I mean, like it's our it's, temperatures are going to be thirty degrees to zero degrees. Yeah, that's going to blow fifty miles an hour, and it's well, not that's be why really you cold or really hot or nothing. It's just going to blow wind all the time. That's why you just need to come down to Colorado, man. <laughs> yes, like I do. keep saying, 
I keep telling you the place down Both of us. just dropped All the price again. You guys Brandon. try to keep me to Come move on. to Colorado. I'm going to have to. Well, that's okay. Because in Wyoming, that's, that's, yeah, that's no a plan. one wants to help me make a business there. That's a bunch of rich hey, I don't know. People. I don't know if you know this, but it's Pops really does. it's really windy and annoying in Wyoming. So <laughs> <laughs> you should... <laughs> You Take medication. You should come down. So when it's driving me crazy, yeah, man. you should come down here, man. It's a good place to be. No, I can't say. You know, Wyoming's the only place that I know that the 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 guy walks up to you and says, "Well, I work for the city of the Better Business Institute here of Cheyenne." Better Business Bureau. Yeah, if you're Cheyenne and stuff, how would you like to start a business? Well, I've got this little knitting business in my house. We won't sell anything. That's okay. Why don't you just move downtown, right? We'll give you your first so many months free. And, you know, there's no state income tax or anything on corporate business or anything. You're like, that's really super cool. So you go down there and you fill out your contract and stuff, and they're helping you. They got people financing you. They got investors, all kinds of stuff. And then when it's all said and done, man, you got to plant these trees in front of your building. You got to make a new drain off for water to hold it for a case flooding. And so there's no flood zone here. It's okay. We do it to every building now. You got to upgrade for fire. Well, it didn't have fire before. Well, that's before his grandfather did before you moved into it. So now you got to redo all this oh. stuff, and it costs. Man, you went from a twenty thousand dollar investment to eighty thousand dollars. And the way Wyoming works is that whoever owns the building, the property, all the investment you did to it is theirs now. So you could build a whole restaurant in there, and when you walk away, they get the chairs, the tables. It will. You, it was in our building. It's they get everything. <laughs> Holy Pop's cow, man. So, so that's why people it's, always it's, ask me, why haven't you started a meadery in Wyoming? I said, well, I live in the city, and my whole thing, my whole genre of doing what we did was we fought the man in the city, right? And to do all the stuff in the city, right, it costs money, right? So it costs us a lot of money to do the stuff that we do in the city, right, to change chicken laws. It took us a, a fight. To learn about the water rights, my dad went to board meetings, water meetings, just to find out that we could collect water just as long as we diverted it and did certain things. I mean, but you have to learn all these things because if you see a rain drum come up, you know, just like you're in Colorado, you're going to jail. I mean, well, your guys just lost change, right? Yeah, you, you can, each household can have... Like 50 gallons, right? 55 a gallons. Whole, a whole 55 gallons? A, a drum? You guys can collect a Baby drum? Baby steps. Baby steps. I'm going to be able to cover my whole yard with that <laughs> well, 55 I mean, gallons. It's just a whole different thing. Cause yeah, we can do it every You went from doing a CSA build. How, how much How much food did you guys grow at your CSA? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. I mean, we had... How ten, many members? Ten, well, when it was all said and done, we had about 328 members. How, how much did the members pay? It would range from 400 clear up to 700, depending on how many boxes they wanted of produce. And what year was this in? That would have been 2007. Yeah, you're a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> so even if they no, just, I mean, even that's if, a lot of growing, say, man. That's a lot of food to be growing, and that's a lot of right. Money and work. when when You're growing food wasn't really 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 big yet, right? Because the big food growth thing didn't happen until like two thousand eight. But that's a lot of money for a farmer. Uh, it didn't seem like it. Yeah, because how much we, we had going to we had to put in everything, all the really? infrastructure. There was nothing. We're talking a there was a house. Uh, Shop and bare land. That was it. So it was generating a lot of revenue, but a lot of that wasn't going into your pocket. No, it was going into, you know, just 
like you do with your farm, you keep adding infrastructure and more infrastructure. Mm, that's that's why I have a rich around because Rich says we need this. I'm like, oh, I want to go to Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of funny, right? As Drew's out here, you know, with different shipping aspects. So as you grow food, and Drew was talking about, well, I've got lots of restaurants. I do. Right? That one, He says, I, I'm getting more and more restaurants. I've taken a bunch of orders since I've just been Yeah, since there. he's been here, he's been calling. And then his his uh, his uh, farm manager, Rich Fratzel, Rich, Rich has been calling shit. and says, hey, we've given to get more. Do you, want, do you want to throw more seed in the ground, right? Or do we want to do more? And he was saying, well, how do you produce more? Because in my area, it's hard to get people to produce a quality product. And I said, what do you mean? It's, or, it's, it's locally grown. Isn't that what people want? And he goes, well, around where I'm at, he says, people can get locally grown all the time. He says, it's about quality product. And he comes out and he goes, Benton's got really good product. Well, Benton's two hours different. So, like, Benton would cut at night and catch the red flight. You could actually overnight express fresh cuts to Ohio for next day because when they're they're already two hours behind, when they're opening up, your plane's arriving. <laughs> and he goes, man, that's not a bad idea. He says, that's a good business deal. See, and you're telling me that if, if you, you could grow enough to produce for 300 people, that's a lot of food. It was a lot. Right? And then I just saw what Benton's company out. does with the greenhouses for cannabis. Right, and he says, "Well, you know, cannabis isn't a big thing, gonna, you know, in 15 years. 15 years, every state's gonna be growing it. Everybody's gonna be doing. It's gonna be legalized everywhere." He says, it "Just takes time. What do you do with this massive greenhouse on construction?" And his company's already thinking about. Well, we're looking at florals. We're looking at uh, greens and gardening and microgreen growing. We're looking at hops growing. We're looking outside the box, and then one day. Right, so what you've grown in the CSA business, right, and what and what Benton's doing with his with his stuff, that's a lot of growing. You think you grow a lot of food that way? Yeah, you could. You could. You'd there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of New York places that are doing vertical farming and vertical gardening and that kind of thing. And so, do you think this is the future of growing food? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I think there's. I'd say no. I yeah, would say no. It's, it's really hard to say, man. Because it doesn't taste as good. It does. People really just want to get high. They don't care about flavor of marijuana. But. Well, and honestly, I think even with marijuana, you know, when you're talking about the difference between like hydroponic and soil, I think there's a big quality difference there as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of. I think the flavor is just. Incredibly I think the flavor, different. the quality, the experience of everything is the exact. So dirt. It's the same. Dirt grown stuff there's, is better there's, food. There's things that you. Hey, there's things that you guys, get from this the earth. Is my hipster marketing term it's soil grown <laughs> chemical free that's why i tell everyone i don't say beyond organic or non-certified organic soil grown say what it chemical is. free is uh is wicking grown, beds considered then soil grown or is it a hydroponic grown no it, it'd be soil grown yeah it's There's soil, soil. it's yeah, just absolutely. the type of watering system that you're using system. right yeah yeah just put Same, water in I the use tank every mats. week soil or every other week yeah, chemical use, free that's your term mats. Soil grown chemical free. So we moved around, right? So it's Capital City Greens now. Capital sure. City Greens. Because there is a nursing home, oh, and I got a voicemail for a guy asking for his portable potty in his room. Are you kidding me? No, because <laughs> it was six months after I filed my LLC because I was on the Canadian bandwagon of listening to these Canadians. I'm, so like I'm listening to them talk. I keep talking about market gardens and this. I'm like, I have the perfect business name. Capital City Gardens, isn't that catchy? So I say to my friends that have also been in this 
Canadian-driven business thing. They're like, yes, it is. And then I filed a business name, and I realized that Gardens is the title for housing development or apartment complexes and nursing homes. So Capital City Gardens Nursing and Rehabilitation Center opens up six months after. But I win the Google game because I register my business with Google. And every time you Google search Capital City Gardens, I'm the first one to call. And then there's a nursing home. So people that work there just Google the company and then they text me when they can't show up to work. Uh, hey, man, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Do you just yeah. play along with it? Like, damn it, yeah. dude. No, this no, is he, the second time you've called in. You're fired. I haven't yet. I really should. He goes, this is Reginald. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a Reginald that works for me, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Also, uh, great story. It's a great story. It's a great story. Great story, Drew. All I, I know is it. Drew came out here. He has a lots of work that's going on. He has his farm manager doing lots of work. I did. Yeah, you I have did. lots of work going, Benton. I yeah. do. What are you doing? What are you doing at your place for work? Oh, too many projects at once. Way too many projects. You got to stop doing that and dial down. Oh, I know. We have. We've cut way back and. That's okay, what I've, that's this what I've what been we're working sticking on. With. This is all we can accomplish. Yep. Can only do so much. What ends up happening then. is you try to do ten projects and they all turn out shitty. Yep. So you stick to like four of them and you try to make them <laughs> at least only four. <laughs> yeah, man. Stick I'm to those four. All of them. And you try to get them to like eighty-five percent. You're stopping all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm stopping all of them. I got way too we're, many projects. I, just I just want to be stick cool. Two of them. Uh, you know, I spoken like a true hipster. I just want to be cool. I just want to be cool. <laughs> All right, I got all these projects. And I'm trying to quit like a bad habit. Um, I don't know, right? I got Drew out here going to Bee College. You're coming up to Wyoming for the Bee yep. College. Be fun. Uh, my son's allergy reaction was way too high. We've been moving bees out and stopping. Uh, not looking at the pollination contract business anymore. We're just toning everything down. The educational thing that we do is uh, super huge right now. Um, I didn't know how big that was going to be, that working with bees and saving bees and people that have been losing bees for a long time. I mean, you told me that you'd been keeping bees for a long time, Don Neal, and now you're yep. the program that you see that if you work with the bees on how their level is working, they work and they, they live. Uh, I think the educational part we do is like way more important than we do a lot. I mean, we sell honey. we got some honey contracts. We do some stuff. But we're to I'm toning back. I wanted to get big into earthworks and stuff because when we first got into permaculture, it was for rejuvenating the land to make swells and ditches. I mean, we paid somebody to dig their ditch. But I wanted to learn it because stopping the water on our land is huge. I mean, you came here, Drew, it's huge, right? Stopping yeah. the water is huge. There's no water here. So, I mean, that was like the big thing. So we tried to change everything to go around, but... Always the passion that got me into beekeeping was mead making. And over the last year and traveling and tasting meads, and there's good meads out there and stuff, I bring meads and even mead makers look and they're like, how did you do this? And then I'm focusing everything. I'm hoping by 2020 to have everything going. I was going to do a Kickstarter and have people buy in and buy all their meat already made, right? And we'll make it and that would help us get started and, with laws and how everything is, it's so hard to start anything. And it's hard to keep things going with regiments. So I'm scaling back tremendously. 
uh, you're, you're going to come and you're going to see how we teach at the University of Wyoming's B College. So it's going to be a whole different thing. And you're going to see a genre of how everything works on a huge level of beekeeping. Uh, Donnell has come up. This will, How many times have you been to the bee college? This is going to be your second or third? Bee college will be first. This will be first? Yep. I thought you came up the year before. Nope. I missed out. It was too well, late. Well, that, that was, uh, oh, had the baby my wife held. We'll talk about him later. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you're going to come up to this. and uh, the, what, what are you going to want to learn at the bee college? Is there any specific topic that you're coming for? I mean, they teach everything from the 101 beginner course to bumblebee education to leaf cutter education, entomology. Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to the making queens, lots of queens. queens, so that way I can expand my hives. See, that's a that's a big deal. I don't think people realize that that anybody can produce honey. Hell, Benton just had, he just he just told the hive. He says he had a hive that's been going for a while, and it finally died out. And he says pulled honey from it. You can pull honey. He's got good honey. He had you have you had some you have some good honey, Benton. As he walks away, he's like, "Yeah, let me get some honey, boys." He's he's got some good honey. Those bees they turned out a good product. So I mean, it's a, it's a good deal to get good honey, a good product. But if you could populate bees. That's what destroyed me when Greg Bird said, you know, they're doing so good. And he went from five hives all the way up to 14, 14 and just went through. I mean, and then turn around and lose them all because I truly believe they were poison. I think pesticides and stuff towards the end of the year because how the seasons go. When you got to spray for weevils and stuff because how seasons go and then the bees are out to eat it, they're going to get poison. And I think that's just. I think it's terrible. I think Ohio lost about forty percent of their bees already this year. I mean, that's that's they're getting another yeah, half ratio. Wrong. Can't say that's all row mites. There's no way. I don't think so. It's Kim, it's chemtrails. Chemtrails, dude. Chemtrails are the worst, <laughs> and they're real. And the Earth is flat. And I think you know we can end this podcast with that. The Earth is flat. Uh, we've had a great Rocky Mountain mixer. About to eat a spoonful of honey. Yeah, from a fresh hive. Tomorrow we're going to go to the University of Wyoming Bees College where I'm going to teach a couple courses. And Don really Neal's going to come learn that. about beekeeping and stuff. Oh, he's got some sticks, right? Look at him go. Benton's giving us some fresh honey off the hive. Look at this. I'm in. It's real good honey. Wow. Like that is really floral. That, yeah, it's real it. good. It, real good honey. Really floral. Very floral. Huh? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, this is the official Rocky Mountain mixer. <laughs> yeah, Rob Atwood, man, you Rob left Atwood a little early. Here, yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing the coffee mead. That that's was a good. super good touch. Yeah, it's hard man. to make yeah. good coffee. Thanks meat. for the sea berries too, Rob. You gave, oh, he gave you some plants, he huh? Yep. He's a, we call him the strawberry man around here, dude. That gives that gives out more man. strawberry plants and grows more strawberries than anybody I've seen in a long time. <laughs> But I, I do want to say, uh, your your people, Benton, that you were able to get us on all the stuff to yep. see that we saw. Yep. Tell them thanks. Had a really cool time yeah, checking out. Tell them all thanks, dude. Cannabis, that was something cannabis facilities and updates in Colorado, how that kind of industry is going. Showing you guys what's going on here at the farm with the microgreens and the field crops. We're going to be rolling this summer. We're going to have a market stand on Sundays so people can come by for veggies here and check out the microgreens and that kind of thing. 
And uh, yeah, Neoteric Farms and Propagative Extensions. Uh, propagative extensions for your cannabis needs and neoteric farms for your restaurant micros and awesome veggies and farmer's market stuff. What do you as, got going as, on, as Donnell? Well how they can get a hold of you? Hey, just go to look me up on Facebook, Freeman Family Farms, or look up Donnell Freeman. And uh, if you're looking, try to figure out how to grow some stuff that's in Colorado where water's a real problem, hit me up. I can help you with that. I, I believe you do a podcast as well. Yeah, Regenerative Dads. It's a Granola Crunchy Hipster Dad podcast. No, it's for, it's just for it's two guys with tight, tight jeans. Opposite, well, you know our logo, right? Uh, 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 what? You know our logo, right? You, you are know our that logo. Was, that was designed after you, right? That logo's no. Drew <laughs> You know that, right? No, I had no idea. Yeah, you should check that out. <laughs> that logo's me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a lumberjack or is it a guy that licks windows? <laughs> oh, super cool. Hey, thanks for having us, Drew, and stuff. Like I said, I'm Michael Jordan with AB Friendly Company, and I always want to say one thing as we end stuff. Man, I want to know, let you know you should help your fellow man because these guys have been helping me out with a really good time today. This is funny. His face is all red. He's got it. looks like. I've never had a flock of seagulls on the top of my head. <laughs> you say it's not a hipster, sh- hipster show. You have an outline with guys with beards and a not connected mustache. <laughs> and then you say, oh, we're not your typical granola crunchy hipster show. But then your logo says, hey, we're a bunch of no, that's granola crunchy. No, that's that's denial. that's so they can draw yeah. them in and change them oh, so they can convert them. Oh. Yeah, but you know what, Drew? You just fell for all that. (laughs) (laughs) I never see anybody go quick draw for their phone. It better not look like me. Hey, but I had a good defense. I mean, I, I mean, I proved my point. You're pretty much right. <laughs> oh yeah, you and, no, point. it was you. It was all you. It's all me. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> he's going for his phone. Nature's <laughs> 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 Image Farm. Get ten percent off any uh, nursery stock food item. Uh, that's what Greg said. And then also, you can pick up bees from his house. You can get some uh, nukes from Greg Burns. Ten percent off. But that's all I got for uh, Why, affiliates. You could have told me we were going to do affiliates, and I would have totally done it in like a super awesome announcer advertiser voice. Then do it. Right you gave now. me no warning. Yeah, I heard your last take, Morgan. Nature's image. Wait, wait, wait. Dude, do your... Do your Na- nature's image farm. <laughs> <laughs> Can supply you with some of the best... What? Oh, meat. Yeah. <laughs> some of, some of the know. best meat products. Meat products, they don't sell meat online. No, they don't online. No, no, no. but they no, sell bees and trees. Bees and trees. Bees and trees. Bees and trees. 10% off. 10%. And you can pick if up you, the bees. If, if you come and pick up the bees, you can get the trees shipped if you live in the United States for free shipping. So get your bees from Nature's Image Farm, where they treat bees with the best quality and only love. All right. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's horrible. That's, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode. Cheers, everybody.